0: Bruce Seldon, if I want his title, I gotta beat him. He's champion, and no one knows him. Joe Hip knows Seldon. Made his face look like hamburger. Tony Tucker knows him, too. Got a jab like a jackhammer. No one knows him. That's because no one wants to. Bruce Seldon, Mike Tyson, Liberation. Champion versus champion, Saturday, September 7th, live on pay-per-view from the MGM Grand. Call your cable or satellite company. Seldon fight of liberation by Don King's promotions. Uh, Seldon's WBA title was up for grabs. Tyson's WBC title was not up. Fight took place at the MGM Grand in Vegas. It was looking all shiny and nice. Uh, a little less than ten thousand in the crowd, believe it or not, for a Tyson fight. Okay. Seems a little light. And then pay-per-view cost at the time. Any guesses? I, I looked it up. How much? Forty bucks. <laughs> <laughs> Forty bucks back then seemed like a hell of a lot of money. Um, so obviously everyone knows the story. Knockout in the first round by Tyson uh, after a minute and forty nine seconds. Uh huh. Sounds about right. Yeah, pretty unremarkable fight, you know, according to all accounts. But obviously the more important issue with this fight were the circumstances surrounding it. If you Google the date of the fight, September seventh, nineteen ninety six, the fight doesn't even come up. Really? You could scroll all the way down the page, scroll down to the second page, third page, you. Probably won't even see anything about the fight at all. Oh, wow. So, obviously that's the night that Tupac was shot. He suffered wounds that would tragically end his life about a week later. Um the night obviously is in, in boxing terms was what well, was Tyson's redemption, but um you know, I mean he he got back to the top of the mountain, but clearly the the whole fight and everything around Tyson at that time was overshadowed by Tupac, who had the opposite. I mean, this was ultimately his demise. Yeah. Do you remember where you were when you found out Tupac died? Or Tupac got shot, at least? When he got shot? No, nah, man. I was probably in bed. I think I was only like 12 or 13 at the time. Really? Then. Yeah. I remember, like, I was on my way to school or, like, driving to uh, junior high. I, think, I don't know, like 12 or something myself. Yeah. And we heard it on the radio. Oh, yeah, Tupac got shot. He's in the hospital Whatever. whatever. Uh, he's in... Critical condition. And at the time, I'm just thinking, like, oh, man, he got shot again. Like, oh, dude, he's probably going to Yeah, he just gotten and, shot. Yeah, bro. Like, you tossing him in him the wheelchair, and, <laughs> and now he's shot again. It's like, all right, well, this is just it. You know, this is, it's like, all right. Go, go about your day, yeah. pretty much. Like, we weren't – it wasn't news back then where, like, everything's just, like, hitting you right away. It was just, like, all right, he got shot. I found out about it probably on a Monday because the fight was on a Saturday. And – I had no clue about it because I didn't have social media or my cell phone or whatever, and it just went about my day, dude. And he was in, he was my favorite rapper at the time, but yeah, news traveled a lot slower back then. Yeah, I probably watched it on MTV News that afternoon when I got back from school. Remember they'd have those like little updates at the top of the hour, yeah. and Kurt Loader or whoever would come up sword Sorn, <laughs> yeah. whatever it <man> was. <laughs> yeah, that's that's how we got our news. But Tupac was in the news like every day back then. Mm-hmm. So I don't know. I mean the the fight the fight has been talked about. That date has been talked about um, ad nauseum. Obviously, we're going to add to that probably over the next I don't know sixty minutes or so when we talk. But there's just so much going on with that fight. I mean, there's there's an ESPN thirty for thirty. And it was incredible to see the lineup of the people that came on and and spoke. They had journalists, obviously. They had people that, you know, they had videos from from the night of the fight. Um, But, you know, like the first person they bring on is Nas, right? So Nas is talking about both, both Tyson and Tupac because of the impact both of these guys had culturally. Amazing. And they were so young. Yeah. I mean, Tupac obviously was 25 when he got, got shot killed. Tyson, what was he, 30 years old for this fight? Yeah. And it was just a crazy little pocket at time where, I mean, they seemed like they were like friends, man. Like, at the end of the fight, Tyson's getting hugged by Tupac. Like, he's like, coming out of the, the yeah. fight and, like, Tupac's, like, hugging him and, like, he's, they're both sweating and it's just like, this crazy image. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Yeah. Um, it's remarkable. It's remarkable to see two guys at the top of separate games coming together at that time and embracing and all that. Nowadays it's like Kanye and Antonio Brown or some like weird collection of people, yeah. you know, it's it's rare you see two guys at the top of the game coming together like that, like doing some Rat pack shit, right? And you know what though, man, like I did rewatch the fight. I actually watched it in freaking slow motion. The knockdowns just okay. to see if they were legitimate <laughs> or not. Because everyone thought they were fixed. The fight yeah. was fixed. Yeah. Um, I think the first knockdown seemed like it grazed the top of his head, and he was more. Did I think if you don't think this fight is fixed? Yeah. Then Seldon is just like a scared guy in this ring. That you know? could be the case. It really could be. That could be the case. Like he was just like freaking anxious as hell and fucking terrified of Mike Tyson. Could it be that the, the fight in the moment was just too big for him? I mean, he, he just won a title, right? I mean, he beat Tony Tucker. Right. But, I mean, no one's watching Selden versus Tucker, right? Like, no one's paying for the pay-per-view for that. Yeah. It was probably on, like, some, like, Friday night fights or something. Who knows? So then, it, was, the moment just, was the moment just, you know, too big for him? Because he, he looked shell-shocked. He's standing in the ring. He looked shell-shocked before the fight. Right. And then he looked fucking nervous as hell, like, during the fight. And... I went back and watched, because he got knocked out twice before this fight. Yeah. He got knocked out by Riddick Bowe oh, and God. Oliver McCall. And then when he got knocked out against Riddick Bowe, was also in the first round, and he gets knocked down the same way. Fucking face plants and shit. <laughs> 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 <Because> it's rare <laughs> to see in a title fight somebody face plants Yeah, face plants, lights, gets up all little <laughs> fast and shit. He's nervous, bro. <laughs> so, and So maybe that's it. It could be it. Like I, yeah. or it, could, it was probably fixed. I don't know. Like There's no way we could probably find out. But if you want to defend the, what's the word I'm looking for, like the purity of the sport, then we could just say that Seldon was really nervous. I actually talked to uh, Robert Coyle. He's a boxing judge. and At the time, he was a official in, what was it, an inspector? He was an inspector in Bruce Seldon's corner before the fight. Before this fight? Before this fight. Okay. He was in the dressing room with Bruce Seldon. And then... He said that he could hear Mike Tyson punching the wall and shit. Fucking in the other room. And then everyone was like, what the hell is that noise? But uh, Robert Hoyle goes, I knew what that noise was. was Incredible. Punching the the wall. Incredible. And then he said that I think that Selden knew what that noise was. And he said that Selden was probably scared to go in the ring because he heard that noise. That's insane. So, in the, and I don't want to, this shouldn't be a plug for the ESPN 30 for 30, but when. They, they had Richard Steele for a second, and, he's, and uh, he comes on, and he's talking about pre-fight, he goes into both locker rooms, obviously, mm. and he goes into Tyson's locker room, and he looked like a caged animal, he was sitting there, he's you know, pounding his fists, you know, everybody in there is like laser focused, right? Wow. And then he goes to Selden's locker room, and it's like, you could hear a pin drop in there, and you could feel the nerves of everybody in there. Wow. And it was just this complete opposite versus what, what Tyson's camp looked like. See, man, like, maybe he was just scared. I mean, everyone thought it was fixed. I If you if I have to put money on it, I would probably put money on the fix just because, like, the majority rules, I guess. Yeah. But um, maybe he was just scared, man. Like, if you see the like, – once again, I watched the first knockdown in slow motion. After, after he gets knocked down, Richard Steele thinks it's a slip. He starts, like, right. moving his hands. Like, right. It's, like, not a knockdown. But – he starts counting because Seldon takes so long to get up. Yeah. Yeah. Seldon or, um, steel Steele clearly wasn't in on any kind of fix. Right. He was in a clean fight. Yes. Um, but I think he knew what, <laughs> what was going to happen in the ring before he even got in there. I think so. Based too. on what he saw on the, yeah. All right. So in terms of the fix, there's, there's some, some monetary figures I'll, I'll throw out to you, uh, as we, as we get into this, uh, uh of the pre-fight that might shed a different bit of light on, on what happened, but. Um, I wanted to talk just a little bit about how legendary both of these figures that we'll talk about all do credit to res- and respect to uh, to Selvin. But, you know, the, the two guys of the night are obviously Tupac and, and Tyson. Sure. So let's start with Mike. Right. Um, I mean, we could do every one of his fights and talk about the hype. That Tyson had both leading up to it, in the fight, after the fight, right? I mean, he's the story of every fight that he's, he's ever been in. Absolutely. That we know. He's right? still the story today. I mean, you could say he's probably the most well-known heavyweight that, that's alive today, right? I would say, yeah. He might be one of the most well-known public figures in the world today. In sports or outside. Like, my mom knows him Mike Tyson is, <laughs> You know what I'm saying? <laughs> I think my grandma. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, so... Start just with his name, Iron Mike Tyson. That's a perfect name, right? Like, Iron Mike. Yeah, his story. Yeah. Like, we know all this stuff about him, like, going to jail like 20 times when he was like, before he was like 15 years old. You know what I mean? (laughs) Then he gets like nurtured by this old boxing trainer and turns him into this champion, youngest heavyweight champion ever. 20 years old, right? 20 years old. And the story is just amazing. Knocking fools out. In one round, and Kid Dynamite is what he's called. Kid call. Dynamite, remember yeah. the video game? Yeah, I remember that. And what he was 21 when he unified the all the titles. I think he was 21, yeah. And then he was 22 when he fought Michael Spinks. Yeah, knocked him out in one round, which was a big fight. That was huge. We should do that one. That would that. be an interesting one to go through. Yeah, we could go through that one. Yeah, and then he beat Larry Holmes before that. Yeah, we'll fucking knocked out Holmes. Yep. did you know uh, Larry Holmes got paid 15 million dollars for that fight really yeah at the time that's like that's huge money big money that's huge money yeah he he was off for two years like dog king just straight up gave him fucking two 15 million jeez yeah that's amazing but anyway so so thinking about Mike though like all that about his, his accolades right what he had you know with all his belts and everything but has anyone ever looked that much more intimidating just walking into the ring? Like, his, his aura, right, of... He'd come out with... I mean, basically, he would just cut a hole in a towel and put it over him, right? And yeah. just would, like, walk out into the ring. He'd come out to hip-hop, just some... Just amazing, just amazing entrances that he would have that would just set the tone for him demolishing whoever he was going to fight. And I think he came out to hip-hop towards, like, after he came out of jail. But his... Before he was in jail, he would just come out to, like, noise. It was crazy. Like, fucking chains rattling and shit. <laughs> like, if you watch Mike Tyson against Michael Spinks, that entrance, it's fucking, like, terrifying, dude. All you hear <laughs> is, like, like that Cobra. Remember the movie Cobra? Like, drink, drink. Like, yeah. And uh, Tyson was like a gladiator, dude. No socks. Like you said, no robe. Came through, like, and he changed the game. Just yeah. in terms of the look, right? The all black shorts, um, that part in his hair, part his hair, yeah, right. Like he was just he was just iconic. His fucking lisp, his lisp, yeah, his, uh, his lisp, his fucking uh, gap in his teeth and shit, gold tooth. He was a badass, dude. And just just how I mean, you think about like heavyweight title fighters, right? They're like the most coddled athletes on the earth, right? right. Everyone's everyone's you know dapping him up and and giving him love all the time. But Tyson was truly a loose cannon. Yes. Like, think about... I mean, maybe he, Muhammad Ali's like not the best example, but you wouldn't know what Muhammad Ali was going to say. He wasn't afraid to speak out. With Tyson, you were never going to him about global affairs. You were never asking him about geopolitical problems, right? right. But he was a loose cannon. Like, my, my favorite... The, the favorite description of... Tyson that I have is Jamie Foxx calling him, like, a pit bull without a leash, right? Like, anybody who sees a pit bull without a leash on the street is getting nervous. Yeah. <laughs> okay. And that's how it was when Tyson would walk into any room, whether it was, a you know, like a an arena for a fight or for a, you know, a conference room for a for a press conference. Yes. Or a club. Nobody knew what, what you were going to get from him. Right. You're saying that if you saw Mike Tyson on the street in comparison to Muhammad Ali, like Mike Tyson would probably kick your ass. For no fucking reason. It might happen. Yeah. But I'll, Like, you might cross the other side of the street. Like, you probably would... Your first instinct would be like, damn, I'm going to go say what's up to Mike. Then you'd be like, wait a minute. Maybe he's having a bad day. Yes. And okay. now we see the kinder, gentler Mike. Right. We see the kinder Mike. We see the fucking philosophical Mike. But he did see... He was pretty smart, dude. They said, like, he studied a lot. Like, a lot about the old fighters, which is why he dressed up the way he did going into the fights. Um, he's, like... Like, talks about studying, like, Alexander the Great and all these old conquerors and shit. Like, dude, he's a deep-ass man. And his podcast today, man, we listen to his podcast. Like, he'll start talking about some shit. And are just, like... He, even though his guests are, like, in awe of him, which is a trip. Like, his guests are, like, nervous and, like, like, smiling when he's talking and stuff. Which is, like, what we were talking about before we recorded, like, someone like Tupac doing a fucking podcast with, like, Trip everybody yeah. It'd be it'd be amazing, yeah. right? Just to, because the perspective they're looking at the world from a different angle than everybody else's. Right. It's such a unique lens. Yes. So Tyson Tyson dominates the sport mm-hmm. for about five six years. Then he loses the title in ninety. Yes. Right. Mm-hmm. Fight that was in the middle of the night. Here took place in Tokyo. Buster Douglas. Right. Right. Shocks the whole world, right? Even that loss. Uh, I mean, thinking about the circumstances around that loss is like an iconic moment in, in boxing. Not because he won, not right? It was just nobody could believe that Tyson lost that fight. Right. 42 to 1. I mean, 42 to Which 1. Which is there insane. Yeah. Yeah. And he loses that fight. And people still talk about it. Yeah. Like, they don't talk about Bruce Sullivan. They talk about fucking Buster Douglas. <laughs> you know? Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. I think I had this video game. I remember that game. Yeah. It was Sega pretty horrible. Genesis. It was pretty horrible. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So, then 91, the, the wheels come off completely for, for Mike. He has the rape accusations by Desiree Washington. He's convicted in 92. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I don't think we want to get too much into the depths of, of the case, right? We don't want to. No, we don't. I mean, we we could, what well, we were talking about before we recorded our letter the images of him like walking into prison like with his, you know, handcuffs and twirling his handcuffs. Yeah. yeah. Just like you just have these like these flashes in my brain of like him wearing this like grey suit and it just didn't know what the hell was going on. Like why is he going to jail like for years? Like, dude, you're a fucking champ. Like what the fuck's going on? Yeah. So I mean, not to touch too deep into this case is, you know, it's probably a sensitive subject, but I read that he used a tax attorney for his, uh, oh, geez. for the case. Yeah. Cause they figured like, you know, it was going to be like an open and shut case and he was just going to beat it. But yeah. Yeah. And it's a, it's a sad turn of events for a guy who was clearly at the top of the sport. But, um, one thing I wanted to reference was just, you know, the people that were visiting Mike, there was celebrities and people who obviously took a, a ton of interest in Mike and, and saw him as a, somebody that could be redeemed. Um, Maya Angelou visited him wow. in jail, um, and I guess he was talking about Tolstoy and his Eurocentricity and comparing him to other, you know, other poets that had they been white versus black and what that impact was. And I think it even caught Maya Angelou off guard. Like, how deep could this guy get? So to your point, he clearly was a thoughtful guy. Right. I just think he needed some help controlling those those moments where you know things things would get out of control for him. And he's, he's got demons, he, man. Yeah. You know. I mean, he didn't have a great childhood, I mean, it's well-publicized. And uh, fighters are just different, you know? Like, he's just not a normal person. And losing Customato, that clearly impacted him, right? Right. I mean, that seemed like... That just pretty much, like, you know... Didn't really put him into a spiral, but it would have changed his life. Maybe if he'd stayed for a couple more years while he was developing, you know, as a man. I think he died, like, when Tyson was 19. So... Yeah, that's sad. And then once he rose to prominence, you know, he kind of just fell into the wrong hands. So, right. um, All right. So, let's talk a little bit about how Tyson and and Tupac, how the story started to intertwine. So, Tyson's a few years older than than Pac, but um, they were friends. I guess they met each other um, a few years before the fight. They met each other at the Palladium. Magic Johnson was having a party, I guess. Tyson was Tyson was at the club and one of Tupac's boys was there. It might've been shock G or someone else. Wow. Okay. And so he's like, yeah, you know, he's like telling the guys at the front door, like, yeah, let let these guys in, They, you know, seem like nice young guys, you know? And then the guy turns around, like I said, it might've been Shock G. He's like, yeah, uh, I got a couple hundred people with me. So the whole club is now like flooded with like all these guys, you know, but I guess Tyson meets Tupac that night and they, you know, they end up hitting it off. Um, and the relationship kind of, you know, carried on until, until Tupac's death. But I don't think they were hanging out every day, but clearly they were keeping tabs with each other, checking in. Both guys were in and out of jail. It's Well, Tyson was in jail, and, and Pac was in and out of jail. Right. And Pac was calling Tyson. Pac visited Tyson in jail. Wow. Yeah. And then uh, I guess Tyson, when he was on the inside, was telling Tupac to take it easy and to be cautious with who he was hanging out with. Crazy. So it's like... I think Tyson kind of saw himself as like an older brother figure for for Pac. Right. And it feels like uh, I think I read something else where Tyson was like, I wish I had one minute with the guy that fucking shot Tupac.
1: That's insane. Imagine what he would do
0: to that guy. I know. I know. (laughs) Yeah. And uh, Tyson was telling a story about um, how he and uh, Tupac had come to visit him in, in jail and Tupac was getting all hyped up, you know, and he, like, jumped and he was, like, standing on top of the table. And Tyson was like, oh, take, take it easy, you know, like, sit and down. You know? Yeah, when he was visiting, I mean, it was like, the, you know, like, the, the guards are going to, you know, grab you or whatever. Right. Um, so, to your point, you know, Tupac had his own demons. I mean, he, he got in trouble. He had a ton of different run-ins, uh, both with law enforcement and things that he might have gotten in trouble for, um, had, had the cops been around for it. So, it's just, again, pretty sad that both guys who were at the, the top of their games like that just couldn't stay out of trouble right but i mean i would like to know more about who else visited tyson and joe besides tupac was it madonna maybe i remember he had that interview with uh larry king dad i remember yeah, yeah. we could talk more about the parallels we could talk well let's talk about tupac a little bit and then we can talk a little bit more about the parallels but Obviously we both grew up in the nineties, right? right? Tupac was on the radio constantly. I mean in LA it was just you couldn't get away from it. Not that you wanted to at the time, but it was, you know, Tupac coming up before the death row days. Um, I mean he was he was a legend and, and on top of the, the charts from, from day one pretty much. Um, no credible list of top rappers is gonna have him outside of the top one, two. I mean it's it's him, it's the Taurus VIG and any any other Comparisons start below that. Anyone that says, like, Tupac, I mean, I'll even say top five. To me, he's the best. But let's say top five. Anyone that says he isn't in their top five, to me, is like, I won't even. Hey, he was credibility. No, yeah. I won't even, like, talk to them anymore about music. And if you think about it, he had staying power 10 years after he died. I mean, mind you, he was having new record releases and all of this. He had so many recordings, apparently, that they were putting out albums. It seemed like every every year he had a new album out. Um, I think he had four albums come out after he died. I think there's more than that. Yeah. 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 But I think with like original music, oh, not remakes, original. not any, you know. Okay. But he sold 75 million records. Jeez. He had five number one albums and um on Billboard's 200 and eight number one albums uh hip hop albums. Wow. Man. To me, like, growing up loving Tupac, I, once again, I was maybe 13 or 14 when he passed away. I started loving him a lot more after he died. I started reading about him, his interviews, and he was talking about death. And for the longest time, I thought he was alive, dude. Just, like, his music and, like, the interviews. And and he was just, like, telling the future, man. Like, in some of his interviews, he would be talking about government and how much he would study the government and how they're trying to control us and he would talk about churches and How you know we need to make smaller churches to give homeless people shelter like just in Insane wealth of knowledge and at such a young age and to us like he just seemed like this older guy that had like all the answers and he was just prophesizing his words through music and he had such a wealth of knowledge from his childhood because his mom was a Black Panther, right? And she went through a lot of struggles of, you know, the quality, trying to find some sort of direction for her community. So he was like, just like a, like a, like a soldier in a way. And a lot of us identified with him because we knew what struggle was too. Like he was talking about his struggle, and right? he was talking about like, you know his struggle, but like we would identify with it because he just was so poetic. Yeah. His, his words live on. I mean, again, you hear his lyrics, you, you'll be going through life and hear his lyrics in your head while you're seeing things. So, um, the depth that he would go to in his lyrics. Now, as you listen to them, you know, all you get it, it starts to make more sense to you, but it's like for, he was basically a kid in his early twenties who was writing things that were so impactful to your point. It's just, it's it's unheard of picture me rolling in my 500 bins. I'm thinking like, hell yeah, (laughs) sick, you know, but also, also we saw him, we would see him so much, right? He was, like I said, he was on MTV constantly. He had the music videos, right? Once he got into death row, he was with Dre and the California, uh, love video, right? Like it was just, there was, there was, him, he was on screen all the time. So while we didn't have social media, we would just live and die with, with MTV all day. Right. He was on it constantly. The news he was making outside of it, his videos that were on it, and then also the movies, right? He started crossing over into movies. Poetic Justice. Juice. Juice which I love. Juice. Above wow. the Rim. Oh, Above the Rim. Right? Um, and then even after he died, he was gridlocked in gang related. I remember watching those and yeah. to your point I was like how's this guy dead? He's got movies coming out you know, know, a year or two after he died. So um, you know and and one thing I so I didn't realize this in I guess he was supposed to be in Menace to Society. Yes. And then he assaulted one of the film's directors yep. on the set because he was supposed to be um, one of the main characters in the movie. I think he was going to be uh, Sharif. Sharif was like the Philosophical guy, yeah, educated, yeah, 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 Muslim, right? He had like this, like just different outlook from the other guys, yeah. Um, and it, it, like, that role would have been absolutely perfect for him, right? But he wanted more lines, yeah. And he was arguing about like, well, where's this guy come from, and like, yeah, like, well, why is he saying these things? And he would have been incredible in that movie. He would have a movie that I think is already just captures the essence of what what's going on at that time, and right, it's like it's like captures everything so well. But him. Adding that extra layer to it would have been amazing. And on the, um, the story about Juice was he wasn't even supposed to be in the movie. He just read for the, the main character part when Trench was supposed to be the main character, and Trench from Naughty by Nature. Yeah. And uh, Tupac got it just like on a whim. Yeah. He was just there. Yeah. He, he was just there with Trench. There. Yeah. So. Yeah. So I, I think you know I think when you when you look at Tupac and you look at Mike again the the parallels start with two guys at the top of their game at such a young age, but also their crossover appeal. Right, right. Tupac is a poet. He's a rapper. He's a he's a movie star. Right. He's, he's all of these different things. Mike was this amazing boxer, but suddenly he's on lunchboxes and T-shirts and video games. Video games, right? Like, I mean, I'd say it's the best boxing game of all time. But you know, Same. other people might disagree. No, I, I'm with you. You hear that punch out. Just the, the theme music. I can hear like it, yeah. Boom, 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 right? That's right. just oh man. I can't get enough of that. I remember when uh what was the kid's name that he used to Mac. Mac. Yeah. Remember he was running down the street. Yeah. And then his coach is behind him with a yeah, bike. He's, he's running after him. Yeah. And uh I think the saddest part of that game was he wasn't the hardest one to beat. Everyone said Sandman was was a tougher, tougher opponent than Tyson at the end. I thought he was hard. It was hard, but yeah, I mean you Yeah. You gotta get you gotta get past Sandman before you get to Tyson. Well, you gotta put in the code to get past all that shit. <laughs> you just skip right there, yeah. skip to Mike. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And your character's like, you know, like a, a half an inch on the screen, and right. then Tyson's like taking up the whole screen. Come on, come on, come on. <laughs> <laughs> um, so let's see here. Man, what a game. Yeah, I, I think I think another thing not to be lost is the fact that both guys, like the biggest parallel was again. Both guys fell into kind of the wrong hands, right? Right. Pac with Shug. With Shug and then Mike with Don King and, and some of the other guys that were around them at the time. Um, they both seemed like, had they had the right kind of people that were around them, guiding them, kind of you know like a true PR team, that they could have both been... They they both could have had a better better time, let's say in the nineties, right? Like those ten years. And I, I truly think Pac would still be alive. I think. Well, if you compare Tupac to Biggie, I mean Biggie had the amazing production. You know, he had fucking P. Diddy with him, dude. Like all these songs that like were dance songs and like, you know, hits, they were they were making hits. Whereas Tupac was making them, like sending us messages, which was great, you know, but Biggie songs have more of, like a fun. Um just like a, just like a lighthearted attitude as opposed to Tupac songs and a lot more grit. And I think a lot of that is like comes down to production where Tupac was kind of like, he had all these like guys with him, like Thug Life and uh, the Outlaws. And like, I didn't care about them. I cared about Tupac. He was like the leader of the team Or Biggie, like he was just like him and Diddy. And that was it. So well they had Junior Mafia too. But they even had a good songs. Junior Mafia had like yeah. fun songs. Yeah. Well, but like the Outlaws didn't have any good albums. So it was a one-man team, man. Yeah. I thought the whole him moving to Death Row would help him out, but you know, again, maybe had he had he lived a few more years, things would have you know, his his legacy of his music at least would be quite a bit different. But that's a good point. So both guys So Pac was in and out of jail. Mike was in jail um, in the the mid-90s. Tupac was in jail for, I believe it was sexual assault as well. Nothing that he had done. I think it was more about why he had not kind of stopped something that was going on. Um, Both guys get out in 95. Mike, I think, his his time was up. Uh, Tupac was out um, because Suge had put up. $1.4 $1.4 million for his bail money and help him with his appeal and everything. Right. And then Tupac immediately signed with Death Row, released All Eyes on Me in 1996, which is, I mean, again, that, that music is eternal. You can listen to that today and it sounds like it's, it's music that was just produced. Right. Well, I, when I think about should Knight bailing out Tupac, I start thinking about, like, how come he, no one else bailed him out that, that whole time? You know, he was, I think he was in jail for about a year. Or close to a year. Yeah. Before that. Year. Yeah. So that just tells me that he didn't really have that many friends that were rich, at least. And then not go back to the Biggie and Tupac comparison. If Biggie went to jail, I feel like he would have been out of jail with the quickness because Diddy and like his whole production team had. That's to back that's and. really true. Yeah, I mean, shook was making an investment, right? 1.4 million to him. He's like, you know, how many million albums I'm gonna get this guy to sell for me? Seriously. So then. Let's let's talk about the fight. Let's get back to the fight a little bit. So, how do we get here? Right? So, Mike gets out of jail in March of 95. He's not training, right? I mean, whatever he's he's able to do in jail, dips or <laughs> push-ups, right? Like the, the prison workouts. Yeah, prison workouts. Um, this fight was the last of of his four cookie fights before you. he started getting into the Holy Field Wars and, and all that, right? Right. So where do we start? We start with Hurricane Peter McNeely. Yes. That was in August, right? August ninety five? Right? I think so. And that one lasts around. It's a pretty disastrous looking fight, but fans are chanting bullshit after that fight since McNeely's corner jumped in to save his life. That's right. After a second knockdown. McNeely was trying his best, I mean, but it, it compared to Tyson, it looked like I was in there with Tyson, you know, he was just throwing wildly and Falling down, jumping back up. You know, he's trying to run right after. It. The ref's holding him back for a second. It was entertaining to me. I mean, once again, we are really young at the time. But the, to your point, he did come after Tyson the whole time. He was straight in Tyson's grill. He got knocked down twice. Um, but, yeah, it wasn't much of a match. No. Next fights, Buster Mathis, three rounds. Um I went back and watched this. I thought the most interesting thing about the whole fight was beforehand. And I didn't realize this. Fox used to do boxing back in the 90s. So that fight, if I'm not mistaken, was on Fox because this Peter McNeely fight like, kind of went to shit. And they wanted to you know showcase Tyson a little bit more. So they put it on interesting. Fox. Interesting. Yeah. So before the fight, he's interviewed by John Madden. Yeah, I mean, Which makes- I was like, this is incredible. If you go back I, on YouTube, there's there's footage of the fight, and it's it's literally the whole broadcast from Fox. So there's all these like old commercials and shit, like uh-huh. Zilla or whatever. Uh-huh. People were fucking drinking back then, and uh, it's interesting because, I mean, you know, these two legends of their games are going back and forth and just just rapping. Um, but Tyson was really thoughtful. Mm. You know, it wasn't like Madden was just lobbing them, you know, cookie cutter answers, you know, or, like, cookie cutter questions from the answer really easy. Tyson was really thoughtful with his responses. Interesting. I actually went back to uh, try to find some interviews about that fight, and I found a, a clip of a Philadelphia Eagles-Cowboys game where Tyson's getting <laughs> interviewed during the game by Pat Semerhal and fucking John Madden. There you go. And he's, like, trying to do some color commentary for the game. It's, like, really slow. It's awesome. It's awesome. Yeah. But All right, so then... The third of these four fights is uh, March of 96. He KOs Frank Bruno in three rounds. Yes. Uh, he wins the WBC title. And that's the... the and when he leaves the tunnel, that's that picture that you see of Tupac hugging oh, him. that's the fight. That's after that fight. Okay. Everybody... When you when you try to do any kind of research on this relationship between Tupac and, and Tyson, it'll say something about him getting killed or whatever. but And they'll show that picture. So, everybody assumes that it was from that night, but it wasn't. Wow. They saw each other before and after the fight, but it wasn't that picture. I see. Yeah. Well, that makes sense because Tupac was wearing like a gold shirt. Yeah. And in the picture that you're talking about, Bruce Seldon, I'm sorry, the um, Frank Bruno fight, he's wearing like a tuxedo. Yeah. Something. He's wearing a yeah, tuxedo. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And he's like yelling and he's hugging him. Yeah, 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 right, yeah, like yeah. yeah, just, yeah. I, it's just an incredible embrace. All right. So... Bruce Seldon, the man everybody wants to hear about, right? Kind of a cool nickname though, Atlantic City Express. Awesome. Yeah, low key fire, right? I, I like That's it. Good. Mm-hmm. So Seldon Seldon gets the title by beating Tony Tucker in '95. Right. Foreman had been stripped of the belt, and then Tucker and Tucker had, I guess, oh no, they were fighting for that title. So that fight, Tucker's eye was swollen shut in the seventh round, and the doctor stopped the fight. Cool. That's how So that's how Seldon won. The that's time. how Seldon won the fight. And it was over a year before this Tyson fight, correct? Yep. And that was in April of ninety-six. So Seldon beat Tucker in ninety-five. And This fight was ninety-six. That's right. Yeah. So about a year, let's call it a year. Okay. So what was going on with the heavyweights at that time, Raymond? Right, Who was the lineal champ? <laughs> <laughs> well, I wish you didn't tell me this before we recorded, but it was George Foreman. George Foreman, I couldn't believe, man. He beat Michael Moore with a knockout. Yeah, it was a, it was a, I mean, a slow-moving fight like all of George's fights at that time. He was right. like a, you know, just like a blob out there, right? <laughs> Unable to throw combos. It was just like one, you know, one stiff jab or one cross. Right. That was it. Um. But he hits him clean on the lip, knocks him out cold, man. One hitter, quit. Maybe not cold, but he was out. Oh, he was, he was out. out on his back. Um, Foreman held the, the lineal title until uh, 97 when he lost the title to who? Uh, Shannon Briggs. Yeah. Hell yeah. Favorite of this podcast, yeah, Shannon right. Briggs, man. <laughs> so he lost the title there. Uh, but it's interesting. You think about Foreman, Moore, and Shannon Briggs. A lineal title holder for three years and foreman, Moore and Briggs, of those guys holding title for three years. Insane. And and thinking none of them were ever the best fighter in their division at any moment. No. Right? I mean or maybe maybe foreman back in the seventies or whatever, but You mean of their era, you mean. Yeah, but I'm saying like in that moment in the nineties, you would never think of you know, they might be top ten guys. Yes. But you would never think of them as even maybe top five? Maybe. Like those college basketball or college football teams that have, like, two losses. Like one yeah. of those teams. Yeah. Top 20 guys. 20, top 20 guys. Yeah. Because we had we had Holyfield, Tyson, Lewis, Ruddick, Riddick Bo, Tommy, Tommy Morrison, Morrison yeah. Ray Mercer, fucking. Sue me else? for what? Sue me for what? <laughs> <laughs> but all those guys were content. I mean, the heavyweight division was pretty stacked at that time. Heck yeah. Right? It's a great era. Yeah. McCall, I mean... Uh, all right, so here's here's a really interesting tidbit. So, WBC, after his fight, so before the Selden fight, so after the fight with Bruno. Okay. Okay. Tyson's fight with Bruno. He was going to defend his title. Tyson's new title, he was going to defend it against Lennox Lewis, because he was the number one contender, yes. right? Lewis had lost to McCall. He's looking for a shot. Lewis turned down a thirteen and a half million dollar guarantee uh, to fight Tyson because Lewis accepted four million from Don King, four million bucks to step, step aside, aside. and wow. let Tyson fight Seldon, with the provision that if if Tyson beats Seldon, then that's when Lewis is going to fight. Lewis fight is going to fight Tyson. Then why were they talking about the Holyfield fight right away? Like I watched. Uh... So, I was reading this article about um, you know, the Selden fight, and then, I guess, like, right the post-fight press conference, Mike uh, Don King was talking about the Holyfield fight, like, right away. So, maybe they were just, maybe they were BSing Lennox Lewis. Maybe they just didn't want to fight him at the time. So, I think Tyson wanted Holyfield, though. Yes. That was the fight that Tyson wanted. Okay. I don't know if it was Tyson, I don't think Tyson would duck anybody, but... Maybe he just wanted that fight with Holyfield.
1: Maybe, Maybe that was the
0: bigger fight. Yeah, I'm sure it was. So Tyson got thirty million for this fight with Selden. Thirty million, despite not fighting, you know, the number one contender, despite not fighting Holyfield right out the gate, thirty million bucks. Well, Selden was a champ. Yeah. Do you know? Uh, and Selden got five million. Yeah, I was gonna say that. Right? Million. Yeah. Do you, okay. Okay. Uh, hold on before yeah, we yeah, go yeah, back? Yeah, I want to yeah. go back to Michael Moore. Real okay, quick. all right. <laughs> Do you know who he beat? to be the champ. Was it Holyfield? Yeah. Just I mean again, those guys were Holyfield, if you look at his his uh just the timeline of all his fights, he was kind of inconsistent at that time. He was. He wasn't just dominating. Do you know uh okay, so after that fight, he retired. Holyfield retired. He really had a heart condition. Yeah. Oh, I do remember like that. Like a hole in his heart or something. Yeah. Yeah. So then when he going into this like Tyson Holyfield fight, everyone thought he was like this fucking not a chump, but like they thought he was like on his way out. Yeah. He was in his thirties. Yeah. Maybe that's yeah, maybe, maybe it was just the easier fight for Tyson. Maybe that's what they thought. Maybe it's what they thought, yeah. Because uh, the the Seldon fight, um Seldon was a twenty I'm sorry, Tyson was a twenty two to one favorite. Okay. And then the Holyfield fight, he was a fucking eighteen to one favorite. Jeez. Wow man. That's insane. All right, so let me – okay, now I made you No, no, project. so that's uh, that's crazy to think about that, of Holyfield being that much of an underdog to anybody. I know. Especially at that time, right? Mid-90s? Mid-90s? He was yeah. like a two-time champ. Yeah. But I mean, he yeah. just finished fighting uh, – before he fought Tyson, he fought Bobby Chez. That yeah. yeah, yeah. He fought that guy to like a 12-round decision. So everyone thought he was like on his way out. That was going to be it for him. Yeah, well, obviously – he kept going. So all right, so this this fight Tyson Seldon was originally scheduled for July 13th. Okay. Tyson had bronchitis. Oh, and he couldn't train for like a couple weeks, so they ended up pushing this out what is it about 6 7 weeks. Um crazy with just the lead up, right? The the press conference before the fight, Seldon's praising Tyson, thanking, I mean, he's the champ and he's thanking Tyson for the opportunity to fight him. Like you just would never see that. Right. So just just like a strange lead up to the fight selden was i mean the moment just right then you could tell the moment was going to be too big for Seldon. yeah right we talked about it earlier but he he just didn't look like the man that could Could to throw in the champ yeah yeah be the man yeah so the way in tyson standing there in his underwear um just yeah yeah he's just on a different level uh (laughs) (laughs) and uh, Don King's a disaster. He's got his pants up above his his belly button, right? Like, just, it was just Don King. Well, let me, okay, so let me ask you this. Was that Don King's prime? Um, I want to say no. I think his prime was, like, the mid to late 80s. Okay. Because he had Tyson, obviously. Yeah. And he just seemed like more of, like, a, although I was really young, it just seemed like he had more of a name back then. What about in the seventies? Seventies, he he was promoting Muhammad Ali, so maybe that was maybe that's it. it. Yeah, I mean he had a solid twenty year run, maybe twenty five year run. That everybody was, if if he was if he was putting on a fight, you were watching it. And he's a convicted murderer. Convicted murderer. Yeah. We should do a podcast. How the on fuck did he get dude? out of that? <laughs> <laughs> I think he, it's it's. i are laughing about it. we shouldn't be laughing, but he like he's like stomping at to death. Did he? Yeah. It's, it's yeah, like I said, that that's one that maybe what maybe maybe like an Ali fight, you know, we could we can talk more about yeah. Don King. What a story, man! Convicted murderers, the characters becomes this like huge icon. Yeah, crazy ass hair, dude. The, just, he was wearing a hat there in the way in though. <laughs> <laughs> his hat was just, his hair was just outrageous. Like no, and it was just like known. Like all right, Don's gonna be here. He's gonna look crazy. He's gonna be waving flags around or whatever. Mm-hmm. I have a picture with him. <laughs> that's awesome yeah. This should be framed here should huh yeah alright so Selden weighs in at 229 he looks pretty jacked right Tyson at 219 the dude's like thighs is like the size of like a normal person's waist dude his lower body was like extremely monstrous yeah I mean considering he was normally shorter than whoever he was boxing mm-hmm. he still came in weighing about the same because his lower body was just so massive well, that was like his typical fight weight. If he was around like between 215, 220, you're thinking, okay, that's fucking badass Mike Tyson. But when he got older, he started weighing like in the in the 20s. Like like when he fought, Lennox Lewis, I think he was like 229. He was thinking like, damn, man, he's a little bit out of shape. But if you're like around 215, 220 Mike Tyson, oh, yeah, he's the guy that guy's in trouble. So now, the, the night of the fight, we talked about Richard Steele going into the locker rooms. But one one quick note about Tupac. So he went into Tyson's locker room, obviously, before the fight. But he also went into Selden's locker room. Really? And Selden was like, what the fuck? Like, what, what is this guy doing here? No and I way. Think it, I think that intimidated even more. Like, he was, like, you know, like, trying to get his focus on. It and then, like, Tupac busts in the room, you know. And he's like, oh, shit. He's like, I jumped up and, like, said what's up to him, you know. But, again, just proving more and more to the point that... It was just another like stratosphere from where from where Seldon was used to operating it. Totally, that makes a lot of sense right there. So man, maybe he did. did okay, during the thirty for thirty, was he talking about the fix, Seldon? Yeah, he talked about it, and I, I think for him, it was it was more like, hey, I had this great opportunity. I I still have my title. He's like, I, I you know, I lost a fight or whatever. He's like, but I still have the the actual physical belt. I knew I made it to the top of the mountain. And he's like, and I'm a millionaire. I got my five million dollars for this fight, and I had millions before. So, huh? And it's just interesting. That that's not what you would expect to hear from a champ. You know, it'd be like devastating to lose your title. Right. But for him, it was like he felt like the sacrificial lamb, almost like, and he was fine being the sacrificial lamb. He took eight years off after that. Like he's fucking stopped fighting for. Yeah, there's like no, there's like nothing yeah. for eight years. Crazy. So the fight, I mean, it was like one round, two minutes. Yeah. Was- Tyson, well, I mean, like, even like the, the – because now you, you watch the fight and you're like, all right, well, it's like a five – the whole thing is five minutes, right? So I went back and I – and, and even like the face-off though, because I'm going like minute by minute, right? right. Did not you say you watched it in slow motion? I watched it in slow motion. <laughs> okay, so like, you're going like frame by frame. <laughs> but you're, you're looking and Steele's got them in the middle of the ring and – Tyson's, like, staring a hole through him, you know? And right. Selden's just kind of, like, looking – Like, he's looking everywhere except at Tyson's eye. Like, he wants nothing to do with him. Crazy. Yeah. So, all right. So, in the fight, Tyson said he wanted Selden to feel his power. And Selden said he relaxed because he felt like he could take Tyson's power after a couple shots. I don't know. if <laughs> I don't know how he, he got to that huh. mentality for, for any reason. But Selden was throwing some jabs. But Tyson looked like he was just kind of like cutting the ring off from him, right? Right. He was just like pressuring him the whole time. And I felt like selling him clean a couple times um, from what I saw at least. And I mean, Tyson was just walking through it. You know, it wasn't like anything that was stopping him. But yeah, man, the the first knockdown was like weird. And the second knockdown was even worse. Did he catch him at all on the first? He kind of grazed the top of his head. So he grazed the top of his head and Selden said that he caught a nerve on the top of his head. Oh, geez. Yeah. All right. So that's what made him fall. Face plant. Which once again, when I go back to the Riddick Bow knockdown, he does the same exact type of fall. Which, I don't know if that was a fix. I mean, I don't want to say it was, but it did end in the first round. And then, um, but you know, nobody else falls like that. Unless they're like knocked out cold. It was like a weird, yeah, it was like a weird fall. Like when Nate Robinson fought and he like, Correct. Fell or you know like Apollo Creed and Rocky. <laughs> I mean, who's falling like face first straight into the with like with like forks too? Like he was yeah. like he fell like, like like strong. He wasn't falling down like slow motion Apollo Creed. You know like he fell down, <laughs> <laughs> but he ba- I mean he, he bounced. bounced. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. So okay, so then so that he like he immediately tries to get up, right? Right. Well, he gets up after like you know. Six or seven seconds or whatever, but yeah. But he doesn't stay down; like he's like ready to fight, right? Then he gets hit again, <laughs> which wasn't <laughs> really a fucking hit. When you see the second knockdown, you're like, oh man, this this has to be fixed. You don't think it was a clean shot at all? Nah. I mean, I don't even think he hit him. It was like he <laughs> he missed him. But this like this goes back to the nervousness stuff, the anxiety stuff about it. Like maybe he was just so scared of being hit by mike tyson and the moment was too big for him he panicked and like he was I like just, too worked up yeah maybe he had he had just like stage fright yeah like he uh, stopped breathing or something yeah like so like a, man, i don't want to compare it to this but the first thing i think is in my head is like a kid like running off the stage like at uh you know it's fourth grade whatever play or something yeah. you know yeah, I mean, this is like the biggest stage possible, right? You're fighting Tyson. It's at the MGM Grand. It's a massive pay per view, I think, like a million buys. Right. So, probably I mean, highest payday ever. Yeah, this this is it. Mm-hmm. This is it. Like, he's so. And to hear that he took the eight years off after, I mean, clearly he had enough money. He could, you know, retire, semi retire, whatever. It's probably humiliated too, man. Yeah. Because all anybody asked him is, "Was that fight fixed?" No yeah. one's ever like, "Hey, you won the title." Hey, champ, what's up? Like, right, hey man, good fight, good so and so. No one cares. Yeah, no one's asking about Tony, Tony Tucker. Tucker. Yeah, Tony Tucker was a you know like a, a decent fighter, right? I mean, yeah. So <laughs> it's just it's sad for it's sad for him for sure. So all right, so obviously after the second knock second knockdown, phantom knockdown, whatever you want to call it, um. That it, it ends not even two minutes into the, the first round. Uh, we can obviously skip the scorecards, I think, right? I yeah, mean... yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, and it was, it was crazy to see, like, after a fight, they embraced twice. Like, Selvin was, like, cool hugging Tyson. and it was ty- He was hugging Tyson. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Even when the official decision was announced. Um, crowd was chanting fixed, right? The whole time. The whole time. And Tyson's praising Allah and Customato. Well, you got to think too, man. So let's say like you're going to Vegas. You're flying out from New York to go to a Mike Tyson fight. And you're getting all worked up. You're all dressed up. like The whole fucking weekend's revolved around this night and or this event. And it ends in two minutes. It's like, dude, like, come on. Wouldn't you be disappointed Did you paid thousands of dollars for a ticket? And you see some guy just like take a, supposedly take a dive. That's why they're thinking it's fixed. Yeah. That's a lot of money to pay. Yeah. Whatever the ticket price was. Yeah. Just like people are traveling all over the world for this fight. Yeah. At least with the other fights before that, he'd given, you know, like three rounds, right? It wasn't, it wasn't over in like less than two minutes. The McNeely fight, you could tell it was a joke leading up to it. Right. This one, you, I mean, the guys have got a, okay. a good title. Yeah. Like yeah. you figure. He uh, he's strong. gonna put up some kind of fight. Yeah, like you said, he's got a heavyweight title. He um, looked the part. Yeah, Atlantic City Express. Atlantic City Express. It was sad though. He said he wasn't intimidated by Tyson, but that when he hit, had the second shot hit him, it rattled his eyes and he couldn't see straight. <laughs> he falls back into the corner. It just looks so <laughs> fake, dude. Yeah, yeah. So Tyson saying he wants Holyfield next after the fight. We we can get back to that. There was a there was a um, you know a thought again to your point like maybe maybe it should be Lewis but he clearly wanted Holyfield next so let's get back to let's get back to to Pac right mm-hmm. so Pac and Sugar in the first row okay Tyson comes out to a song that Tupac had just written for him the day before really? he went to a recording studio recorded it and like wrote it recorded it in like 20 minutes and was out um, do you know the name of the song I don't know the name of the song dang we gotta look that up but it's it just think if you're walking out to fight somebody and you hear Tupac shouting you out in the song, like you got, I mean that's like superhero shit. Oh yeah, yeah. I mean it doesn't get much more iconic than that. Mike no. Tyson ain't coming out to a Tupac song, like you're in for you're in for a long ass night. Seriously, yeah, yeah. And I think I think uh, to your point, I think Mike had been coming out to hip hop. After Tupac got out of jail. I think he came out to hip-hop after he... Like, Tyson came out of jail. I can't remember what he came out to with the Peter McNeely fight. I think it was Time for Some Action. Time, time for some time for some action. But... Oh, no, he came out to All Eyes on Me when he fought Buster Mathis. The song All Eyes on Me? Yeah. No way. Yeah. Oh, actually, he was always coming out to Pac. Yeah. That's cool. Which, again, it's like just legendary shit he came out to dmx after tupac died yeah and uh in the song pox you could hear him pox calling him the the ghetto gladiator laughing about what he's gonna do to selden you know like he ain't fighting it was just it was just incredible you go back and listen to it um so tyson had just had a, a newborn girl so after the fight he was supposed to hang out with with Tupac and Shug. At least that's what he said. Like he was going to, he was going to go out with them, but he just had a daughter. He was like, I want to go home and catch up with them. Clearly he wasn't tired. It's not like he had done much in the ring, right? Like why did go out and party? So instead he, he goes home. Um, and then Tupac and Shug get a fight in the hotel. Yes. That's caught on camera. Um, they started fighting with Orlando Anderson, who was a Southside crip. Again, we can get into all the logistics of, of, you know this fight that would that would be a whole other podcast in and of itself. But um, Orlando Anderson, I guess, had was associated with guys that were enemies of, of Tupac, and um, you know, I I think that Shug was part of the was connected with the Piru's. And again, the, the story gets gets pretty complicated. But there was something about somebody was trying to snatch a chain. From the death row guys and take it to Puffy to show, like, hey, like we got cloud over this or whatever, like, you know. And um obviously there was this huge brawl in the in the hotel. And then Tupac and Should managed to like get out with I mean, if any of us got in a fight in a Vegas hotel, there'd be cops flying all over the place. So fight at the GM, right? Yeah. I you, can't, where you was, can't get any kind of fight. Right. MGM is big, though. I mean, there are some places where, like, there might not be a security guard standing there, but there's so many cameras around. I'm just trying to think about where in the MGM the fight was. It could have been kind of like Wolfgang Puck. Maybe. Or, like, there's that area of the MGM where, like, it's just kind of like a huge walkway and it's just restaurants. Yeah. Or, like, the way to the arena is like a walkway. Yeah. There's probably a way out where you could get in, like, a 30-second fight and just get out of there without getting caught. Yeah. Um, but, I mean, you'd have to move quick. Like, you'd have to... I mean, they pretty much did. They beat the shit out of this guy and then split mm-hmm. as fast as they could. Orlando Anderson. Who's the, who, I think, they beat him up because they thought he's the one that stole the medallion. Yeah. from Not from Tupac or... Right? It was, like, one yeah. of his friends. Death row members. Yeah. And um, I read an uh, interview with a guy... I'm probably kind of like moving forward on this, but I read an interview with the guy that was supposedly in the car that shot Tupac, and he said that Orlando Anderson was sitting next to him. And he's the one that shot Pac, and pretty much snitched on Orlando Anderson. That's insane. It, it really is a crazy story. They managed to get. I mean, like even this. Like I said, like imagine getting in a fight at a Vegas hotel and not getting arrested or caught or whatever. Getting into your car. They're driving down Las Vegas Boulevard, which we all know Saturday night, especially the night of a big fight. I can't traffic move. You can't even move, right? Yeah. You might as well freaking run down the street. You got a better shot of getting to where you got to go. They're going to a club, 662, and there's a ton of traffic. I guess their car got stopped by cops for a second. They got hassled for a minute. Huh. Then they start driving again. Car pulls up. Next to the, actually there was on the, in the 30 for 30, there was the guy who took that famous picture of him and Suge in the car. Right. He was like in there and they were talking to him about how he was just like, he just saw them and he's like, Oh, let me take a picture of you guys. So he like, stopped. He like took a, there was no iPhone back then. Right. Like he literally had a camera, took a picture of them and then they, they start driving off. Um, car pulls up four shots, hit Tupac one, I guess, uh, hit the back of Suge's head um pox shots were to his chest and his thigh um he had multiple surgeries at the hospital so to your point we thought he was going to be fine because he'd had he'd been when he was in new york he got shot a bunch of times i think right. that was the whole fallout with biggie was why am i getting fucking shot in new york At your fucking uh going to meet you and you're yeah and shot in the elevator yeah. or something in the lobby so multiple surgeries this i did not know they removed one of his lungs and they tried to put him on dialysis, but his heart kept stopping. And his mom was like, this is enough. Like, my son doesn't, you know, this, this isn't meant to be for him. Right. Six days later, he dies at 25 years old. Tyson's super broken up about it, obviously, because they gotten close. But it's just, it's just such a sad story, man. There, there's no other way to wrap it around it. And you always thought that, I mean, I always thought he was alive just growing up because there's all these like, conspiracies about the way he died. Six days after his death, and on the seventh day he comes back. He dies at like 403. He dies on September 13th, which is like the yeah. 13th of the month. Yeah. Uh, his next album is fucking Machiavelli by yeah. a guy that changed his name. Fixed yeah. his own death. And the first words of that album is Shug Shot Me. There's so many conspiracies and crazy intangibles about Tupac that, I mean, it, it just blows you away because he was so young. 25 years old and he was changing the world But he was influenced in so many people and obviously had an influence on us and Mike Tyson and Orlando Anderson actually said that he was a fan of Tupac he listened to his music that's insane mm-hmm. he died shortly thereafter yep he died in like 98 yeah got killed he's from LA but the guys that you know we think back on the white Cadillac that pulls up next to Tupac um, I think they shot him on a street that was leading into the parking lot at MGM, or was it? Or no, it's the the cop. The car got uh, broken down on a street close to the MGM. Yeah, right. Yeah. I don't think they made it too far. No, they didn't. But I can see how like a, a getaway car could get a, get out of Vegas. Yeah, if you shoot someone and just like kind of do like a drive by, because you, once you get into the desert. Like you're gone. Yeah, who's finding you? Yeah. So they probably drove back to LA or something. Yeah. And I mean again, LA is what, a three, four hour drive. It's not like it's that it's yeah. that hard to get you there. You could again. probably get in the riverside or something and just kinda of get lost. Yeah. Dump the car and take off. Right. So so that I mean, again, Tupac's legacy lived on I mean, it's still it's still going on now, right? I mean it's been over twenty five years since this fight and we Talk about Tupac regularly, still just in in terms of the realms of hip hop, and his movies are still on TV and, and all that. Um, again, anytime you're talking about the greatest rapper, Tupac's name comes up. So I, I think I think his legacy is strong; it'll live on forever. Um, it's just one of those tragic stories, right? And I think Tyson's legacy is even possibly stronger. It is stronger, in my opinion, because I mean we're going back to like you know generationally. People all over the world still know who Tyson is. Tyson's – I think with Tyson, he's he's so much more beloved now because he's become so much gentler. Yes. Like he's he's easy to be a guy that you want to go up and like give him a hug. Right. When, whereas when I was talking about like the whole like loose pit bull thing, like you would be like intimidated to, to get too close to him because you don't know how he's going to react, you know? Right. He was so explosive. But I feel like now that, that's, that's flipped so much – that you would want to be in a room with Tyson. You'd want to hang out with him. You'd want to talk to him about boxing or whatever because he's such a deep guy. You don't even know what to talk to. It's like so many things you can talk to him about. He's seen and done so much. Right. When, man, if we talked to Tupac, it would have been the same thing. Yeah. Okay. So, I guess with Tyson, his. He, I mean, again, this was his like redemption, right? He gets his, what, his second title during this fight right he didn't unify the titles but he had right. two at this point point. Um, and in two months two months after he goes into a fight with Holyfield two months yeah that's which crazy. seems like short notice right I mean that would never happen now the guy with the title waits two months to get back in the ring normally you fight in September you're probably fighting in May right well I mean like you said I mean he wasn't he didn't really fight that much <laughs> yeah, yeah, like with Bruce that's Stella. true that's true he just probably stayed in shape and kept it going but again that just wouldn't happen, that's no, right? A big fight like that. Holy field? Yeah. Like let's say like Wilder fought Fury and and Fury like I don't know twisted his ankle or something couldn't couldn't go on. There's no way they'd be fighting 2 months later against like you, you wouldn't see like suddenly Wilder fighting Joshua, you know? No, you after like a minute in the ring or whatever. Like that that still wouldn't happen. There'd be me. needs there'd be like all this build up, they'd have all this hype going into it unless again, this fight originally was supposed to happen in July, so maybe they had it teed up for December and that, or for November, and that was going to be the case. But again, it just seems like such short notice. I, I think it it has happened before, but, but recently, but, like recent history, would that happen? Um, in UFC, it'll happen. It'll happen in the UFC. Yeah, maybe, yeah. maybe. But no, it's it's rare. We'll just say that it's pretty rare. All right, so one, one more question for you. Because that, that fight to Holyfield was pretty much the end for, for Mike being at like the, the top of the game, right? He, he was in big fights. Yes. Yeah. The end of his Mystique. Yeah. Well, let's say the Bite fight was the end of his Mystique. Right. Because that happened in June of 97, right? suddenly we were like, wait a minute, like this guy can be beat. Maybe this guy is fucking crazy. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but he could be beat, right? Like right. he was, he was overmatched. Like, yeah. Like Holyfield was probably the better fighter. Right. In, in that. Fight, right. So, um, so we can like, we, I mean, we can talk about Tyson's legacy for, for hours, right? Like that could be like a whole other podcast that we could talk about. But one question I have for you is what was Tyson's biggest win? Hmm. Oh, Michael Spinks. Spinks, old Larry Holmes. Nah, Michael Spinks, man. Because was that like the top of the mountain? I mean, maybe not the top of the mountain for him. Well, I, I guess it could have been, right? Was that like was that the top for him? So, like, that was Mike Tyson at his peak. Because, like, is that his signature win? Yeah. Michael Spinks. Yeah. Because Michael Spinks was undefeated. Yeah. I mean, he was off for like a year. He beat he beat Larry Holmes. He, beat, he got the title from Larry Holmes. And he I mean Tyson was supposed to win that fight, but the way he won that fight was kind of like it blew people away. Because although he was beating people up like crazy, he wasn't beating like a peak, heavyweight, undefeated champion like crazy. You know, he was beating guys that already got beat. Or, like, Larry Holmes was 38 years old. Yeah. Fucking terrible. He's like, knocking guys out of the fucking ring, like, through the ropes, right? Right. All these fucking (laughs) weird-ass guys. No offense to them, but, I mean. No, they were building up his record. Right. But Michael Spinks was a guy, like, all right, man, like, he's probably not going to win. But this is, like, a big-ass event. He's undefeated. Let's see what he can do. He's talking about, like, boxing Mike Tyson and shit. Like, you might actually, like. Go some rounds because he's the guy that beat Larry Holmes. Larry Holmes was a champ for like eight years, and then he fucking annihilates Michael Spinks. <laughs> and I was like, "Wow, he still like had Kevin Rooney as his trainer. Kevin Rooney was like uh, custom models like prodigy." So that was his biggest win. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's just like I said. It's it's interesting when you look back at Tyson's record. And you're like, "Who the fuck were these guys?" He was beating up, you know. Like, <laughs> so I again can't. You can't really. Deny that Tyson was legendary, but just just had to ask that question because again he didn't he didn't beat a Holyfield, he didn't beat a Lewis. I mean he beat a what a Razor beat a Razor Ruddock? That was a good point. That yeah. was a good point too. Yeah. But but name I mean just yeah I guess yeah it's gotta be Sphinx. Mm-hmm. All right, what would you score this on on a scale of one to ten? Fight sucked, man. I mean you gotta worst fight a, of all time. No. Nah. I mean you gotta give <laughs> this fight like a a two? It can't be higher than a two, right? Nah. Maybe it. Maybe it. If you add in the fact that he came in Tupac, the whole story with Tupac is it's bigger than this. That's only like we're talking. Yeah, about. it's like a hundred, right? Yeah. I mean, because of everything surrounding it. But the actual fight itself, the actual combat in the ring, this could be the I mean, again, it's a phantom. Two phantom falls. The guy clearly had no business being in the ring. No, man, it was, it it put a lot, like, a bad, if the Tupac thing didn't happen, it just puts a bad taste in your mouth. You know, like, oh, man, what's up with boxing? You know, why is Mike Tyson finding these guys that are just taking a dive? So, I mean, the the action, the the event is just, without Tupac, it's, it's horrible. Yeah. Yeah. All right, so for the action in the ring, I'll give it a two only because Mike was in the ring. And if Tyson's in the ring, it can't be a one. I'm, I'm with that. All right, let's do that. All right. And then who won the fight? What won the fight? What do you think was, if you think back, besides the the tragedy with Tupac? It's hard to get past that, man. You know? I mean, that's the story that wins the fight. It's a It's a tragic story that wins the fight to me. Because that's the first thing I think about. I don't think about, okay if anyone wins the fight it's gonna be mike tyson but the story wins the fight yeah i'll say it's it's tupac's legend that that moment solidified it the fact that he died at such a young age and um again super unfortunate really tragic but i'd say his his legend grew only from there because he died at such a young age like the Kurt Cobain shit, you know, like you, you think about Kurt Cobain being legendary and, or Jimi Hendrix, right? These guys that died well before their peak. Right. James Dean, right? Like there's guys that you're like, man, they're just so iconic and cool. There's there's something to be said for dying young that helps your legacy and your your legend just live on that much longer and stronger. So many possibilities. Yeah. 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 I like that. Yeah. Well, Raymond, this was a lot of fun, man. Yeah, man. I'll do this again. We will. All right. All right, brother.